Josh, before we let you go, let's go to MPL 3. Obviously, you know, you're still uh, well and truly entangled with Preston Lions. Great job to both of you at the uh, the Preston Lions gala night on (laughs) Saturday night. We're both still recovering as well. Uh, (laughs) um, Josh, uh, a big win for Preston on the weekends. I believe they're still second. They they jumped into second, I think. Because I wasn't sure if that was early in the weekend. Um, But a 1-0 win over Geelong on the weekend. Um, I mean, good signs for them at least that they're right in the mix for promotion this year. But I guess just holistically, how have you seen MPL 3 this season? Oh, it's so tight at the top. Uh, I don't blame you for not knowing where Preston were on the ladder because there's only <laughs> a few points separating yeah. the top four teams. Melbourne City have created a little bit of a gap this week. Um, but, you know, before that, it was only four points separating the top four. Uh, Preston have vaulted Western United and now victory on goal difference to sit in second place. Um, Melbourne City do look like the most consistent team in the league, uh, but it's so, so tight. Anything could really happen. And Preston have this bank of home games um, to play out the season, which is their big advantage, their ace in the hole, if you will. Um, because uh, what happened was, if people aren't aware, that they, they had their pitch resurfaced in the offseason. They weren't sure if it was going to be ready uh, for the first half of the year. So in order to minimize the amount of games they would have to play at neutral venues, they backloaded their fixture with home games it ended up being fine and they ended up playing a home game in round three against Geelong funnily enough Uh, but that means that the schedule is heavily at home and for Preston that matters more than almost any other side because their home pitch is more different to any other team Mm. MPL3's team's home pitch like it's there's a huge difference week to week playing on that massive pristine deck at BT Connor versus going away to grounds like Doveton, uh, where it's a lot tighter and a lot bumpier and the style of football is completely different. And the conditions really played a big part on Friday night against Geelong. It was very boggy. It was very tight. Geelong put up a hell of a fight and it was an extremely scrappy game. Um, but to keep the clean sheet, to come out away with a 1-0 win, they'll be very happy with that. Um, but yeah, it's the it's Preston versus the the three A-League youth teams for uh, for promotion contention. Well, speaking of those three A-League youth teams, Josh, obviously you haven't just had a chance to watch a lot of MPL 3, but also specifically of the academy sides. And we did have a question come through uh, pre-show from Oz Football Stats who asks, with the three A-League academies uh, near the top of the table in the MPL 3, uh, which players have caught your eye as as potential first teamers for next season? Now I'm going to steal in ahead of you and suggest one from Melbourne Victory that I know you're going to say, uh, who is Will Wilson. He's been brilliant in all of the games <laughs> I've seen him play this season. And Oscar Oscar Rutherford, who's watching on uh, producing for us, might also have a bit to say about Will Wilson. But from your perspective, Josh, from the uh, academy sides, who stands out as as players that could could make the leap? Well, it's funny. I mean, the games where I've seen Victory play, I've been hugely impressed with Aaron Anderson, but he's just had his contracts yes. uh, mm. not renewed. He's going to be leaving. So uh, that surprised me, to be honest. I mean, he's at that age where he can no longer be on a youth deal. Um, so, But, you know, he's also a central defender, and it's harder to break through as a young central defender when you're you know, 21. So, you know, he might get left behind, unfortunately, but I, I think he's played really well this year. I feel season. like NPL side um, should be queuing up for him. I think. Yeah, well, if, if not, a, if not another A League side, yeah. to be honest, we we thought the same about Matt Bosanowski. Um, and yeah, he's still on contract, but he went on loan to Wellington and, and barely played. Yeah. It's just tough for young defenders. Um, in yeah. terms of the other teams, well, actually, in terms of victory, I mean, Leighton Brooks just 
is just an absolute star every time he plays. I don't think that's news because he's had A-League appearances, but I think he should be involved with the first-team squad far more often than he is, personally. I, I just think he's he's got star potential. Um, in terms of the other two youth academy sides, I haven't seen as much of Melbourne City as I would like, uh, but just on sheer statistics alone, I mean, Arian Suleimani is the top scorer in the competition, 11 goals in 13 games. Uh, it's an exceptional return for his mm. uh, his first season, I think, really with the uh, uh, the reserve side in, in MPL3. Um, and Max Caputo hasn't played as many games, but five in seven is a really good goal return for uh, a young striker who, um, yeah, has is very highly rated there. I think he's had a red card and some injury problems and so forth. Um, then on the Western United side of things, um, I think we've got one obvious guy, and that's the striker in Jake Nadovsky, who we mm. spoke to on the green room earlier yes. this season and reckoned he was going to get 20 goals. Well, he's got nine in 14. That's not a bad return. He's not actually as far off the pace as uh, we thought he might be with that ambitious goal. But um, the other player I really like from the Western United youth side is Sabit James or Sabit Newell, depending on how his name is written out on the team sheet week to week. Um, but here yeah, he's... A uh, very skillful attacking midfield winger um, can play in a variety of different positions. Has great balance and technique, and is just exciting to watch. So, yeah, there's there's a few guys floating around. Uh, I'm sure you'll see them pop up on A League benches next season. Uh, Melbourne City, I think their dominance in the league is down more to their overall strength and depth rather than due to a number of individuals. Uh, but yeah, there's still a couple of names from each side that really pop out at you. Well, Josh, thank you so much for joining us here on the inaugural edition of the NPL Victoria pod here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Great to have you back in, by the way, obviously via Zoom, but uh, hopefully we can get you in again sometime very, very soon. And uh, we'll chat more about, I guess, all the going on with NPL. And hopefully this time as well, we can get you joined with Craig as well. Maybe give Craig a chance to respond. So <laughs> wow. we don't... I just want Craig Filer to know I've had nothing to do with the oh, drive-by. I'm just, this is not a drive-by. <laughs> this is me giving Craig a platform to respond. So, no, this is not a drive-by at all. But, Josh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Josh Parrish joining us on the show to chat about the game of the round between uh, Heidelberg and Melbourne Knights, but also Cassie's eye to MPL3. Um, we're almost running out of time. So what we're going to do is we're going to zoom through this last little bit now. We're going to actually bring Oscar Rutherford in um, to chat a little bit about Melbourne victory. Um, Oscar, obviously you've been keeping a very keen eye on Melbourne victory's youth side over the past couple of months. And Josh mentioned William Wilson, which was, I guess, one of the, the, the names everyone's going to be talking about because he just signed his professional contract and Leighton Brooks has been one of them. But what about some of the lesser likes? Because, I mean, everyone could talk about the players we've already seen at A-League level, but there are a few players that are really putting their best foot forward, at least, that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, 100%. Let me just say first and foremost, I'm glad that the way of getting me involved in this show was to do it in a manner where my face isn't visible, which I Well, respect. you can come in. No, no, no. This, I, is, no. this, is, this is Lockie's Look, decision. I, I'm saying that oh, I... It's not my decision at all. I just put a microphone out there for you. You can come in and use one of the ones in here if you like. No, no, no. I think it's for the benefit of the show, so I'm not criticising <laughs> oh, that. Wow. Well. We didn't Drive by that. on yourself. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I support your decisions and your choices. Yeah, but, but to respond to your question, Nick, yeah, I have been keeping a, a fairly close eye on, on the Victory MPL team. Uh... Obviously, as you say, Josh, th there are players who have played at the A-League men's level who we know and that we're familiar with, the likes of Leighton Brooks. And, of course, you mentioned Will Wilson we, we, we've been talking about. If we're looking a bit deeper than that, digging a bit deeper into the team, 
Uh, I've been a big fan for quite a while of Jackson Lino in particular. He's, of course, mm. joined the Academy. His uh, brother Franco is also there, and he's been impressing. And so we've seen on quite a number of occasions Jackson and Franco play alongside each other, and they look really composed and, and really impressive on the ball. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I, I should mention Luca Peugeot as well because we haven't mentioned his name. He's obviously, we, we know what he can do and, and, and the quality he possesses. The one other name I'd throw in there would be Adjem uh, Giradovic, who has been on a bit of a scoring streak in recent weeks. He's, I, I think he actually rather fits the A-League men's mould in lots of ways. He kind of reminds me of Nick D'Agostino in the way that he is a fairly direct, straightforward striker who scores goals uh, in a... You know, in a straightforward fashion. So I think he's one to, to keep an eye on, and he's in some good form at the moment. Scored victory's goal on the weekend at, at, at Box Hill. So th there are lots of players kind of floating in and out of the side, and of course you get the more senior players who might be unavailable for certain periods of time, like at the moment, uh, the likes of Leighton Brooks and Nishan Balupale and uh, Jay Barnett aren't available for the team. Uh, so that that's a really exciting opportunity to see some of the kind of the 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 crop underneath those sets of players. And so we're, we're getting to see more and more of them. I'll shout out one more being Ryan Lethlin. Mm. Uh, he, he's a ginormous man. And he, <laughs> he is. <laughs> he's can back huge. That up. He, he is a large individual. And, and you know, he, he, he is consistently reliable at the back and obviously, you know, deals with set pieces and everything. But he, he he's, I think, another one who I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him get some time perhaps in the A-League men's in the next season or two. Well, Oscar, obviously... The game live streamed here on FNR this Saturday. I'll be heading down to Epping, hanging out down there with with Oscar. Oscar, um, before we let you go, just predictions for that game. Do you see Victory uh, continuing their solid run of form, getting back on the winning list after the the draw against Box Hill against a team who has struggled this year in Springvale? Um, obviously, being at home, a good opportunity for them to at least keep the pace with the top two. Yeah, look, and uh, I mean, I did just allude to the fact that there are a lot of players who we've seen relatively consistently this season who weren't available, for example, against Box Hill. So we're getting to see some some newer, newer players, the likes of uh, Simophilus, uh, James Seacrest in the goal, Paddy Hogan at right back. So, so there are new, new faces in this victory team. There's a, just a constant rotation, which is really exciting. Um, I, I would expect victory to, to come back and pull out another win this weekend. Um, you know, the, the, the Box Hill game was really tough and Box Hill made things really difficult and, and full credit to, to Box Hill and the way they went about things. Stewie Edgar in particular was was a constant threat. So, but, but you know, I, I think Springvale, a team who I was looking, I don't think they've kept a clean sheet yet this season. So I, I would expect victory to bounce back and, and put, put, put another win on the table and, and keep pace. I think they're currently four points behind Melbourne City. So I imagine that title race or that promotion race will remain tight. Well... Keep your eye on the FNR socials on Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. at Epping Stadium. Going to be a massive contest for victory and also for Springvale. But uh, Oscar, again, thank you. We'll get you on board again every week. Don't you worry. You're going to be coming in here. We're going to get your face on, on, on the screen. Don't, let's, don't, let's, don't let this guy bully you. Don't let this do guy bully you. Well, Lockie, you're going to throw me under the bus. I'm going to throw you under the bus as well. But anyways, um, Lockie, let's take a look at NPR Women's. Yes. Um, Pakua Frimpong. Is joining us or what? I think we might have some some audio yes. for off of Pakua giving a a post match report. But while I uh, while I let you search around for that, I'll go through the the rest of the uh, the MPL women's results. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, Boleyn getting the three 0 win over Alamein. Uh, Calder United seven one over Bayside United. But interestingly. In this game, obviously, Calder 
dominated. They won, but they were down. They were goal oh, wow. down after the seventh minute. Yeah. Uh, Julia Budiongo uh, catching the colder defence out in transition, which, if it sounds insane, it's because it is. Because Calder have gone the last, I think, seven games. One, two, three, four. Yeah, seven games without conceding a single goal. They've kept seven straight clean sheets. They've conceded only before this game three goals for the whole year. And then Bayside United, the last place team in the MPLW, are the one to break that streak. And it was Julia Budiongo, uh, as I mentioned, who got the goal. Meanwhile, uh, FE emerging with a slightly surprising 1-0 win over Box Hills. Ellie Vlamink scoring a, a corner scrap to get FE emerging. A nice little win that puts them back up in the... Uh, the com- Well, they're into the top four now. They've leapfrogged Alamein, so they're well and truly in the conversation for a final spot, which I think, you know, even even a month, month and a half ago, not many people would have given them a sniff of doing that. And the other game, of course, was Heidelberg United up against South Melbourne. Um, we might have a chance to maybe bring Oscar back in because he, of course, did this game uh, out at Olympic Village. You're Oscar, back. Heidelberg <laughs> three, South Melbourne one. Give us uh, your thoughts on that performance. Yes, you couldn't go along without me. Fair enough. No, uh, no this, this was actually a really, really fun game at Olympic Village, of course. Had Josh talking about being there on the Sunday. That, th- this game was on, on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, between, of course, two traditional rivals in Heidelberg and South Melbourne. And they really put out a fantastic show. I think I was particularly impressed with South Melbourne because obviously they, they started the season quite poorly and have struggled uh, in, in the early phases, not kind of meeting the expectations that we'd perhaps set for them. But they, they're looking like a much improved side. They've been putting together a more decent run of form over the last month or so. And, and they were arguably the better team for the first half and were somewhat unlucky to go into the break 1-0 down uh, thanks to a Steph Galea header. So I, I think South Melbourne deserve credit and Sam Young deserves credit for the way that they, they look like they're starting to pick up their form a bit. And, of course, the nature of this competition with only eight teams, South Melbourne are still well and truly in the finals race if they can put together a decent run over the, the, the next month or so or the next couple of months. Uh, but, of course, Heidelberg with the team who got the win, John O'Clemente's side continue strolling through. Ah, strolling's, strolling's a bit harsh, but they continue to impress the, the difference between the Heidelberg that we saw last season or in seasons gone by and the Heidelberg this season, I think, is stark. Uh, Steph Galea leading the way, the captain consistently being, you know, offering a really impressive leadership role. Uh, Eve Tiktakakis is the player I want to shout out. She's a, a really young fullback and she's earned her spot in the starting 11 and, and does regularly impress. A, and she had a really tough, tough task this weekend against Jana Lawson and won some battles, lost others, but she, she's a really exciting player. But of course, Danielle Wise made the difference in this game. She has scored a couple of late goals, a couple of heartbreakers, if you will, for South Melbourne, but that's the nature of this Heidelberg team under John O'Clemente. They, they have fight, they have spirit, they have resilience, and, and they come back even when they're coming up against really tough opposition as they were in South Melbourne on Saturday. Oops, sorry, my audio got cut out for just a second. Well, thank you again, Oscar, for that one. Forgot to turn my button on on that occasion. But, but Oscar, thank you again. Um, and again, we'll get you in studio next week. Don't, don't, don't let Lockie bully you. But um, we're going to now cross over to Bakua Frimpong, who was at the Alamein versus Bulleen game on the weekend to get her thoughts on the contest. Looking back on this week's MPL fixture between Alamein FC and Bullion FC, a really exciting game between both teams, but kind of deceiving if you were just to look at the end score result. With Bullion coming out 3-0 victors, they were probably lucky to get away with that 3-0 victory because the 
Alamein had some really good moments and were probably unlucky not to score early in that second half. But looking back on that first half, it was really uneven from both teams. Both teams really struggled early on to gain any real sort of possession. But the first team to do so was Bullin. And when they did get that possession, they scored with a really excellent Jankowski goal. And that kind of led her onto a really a quality game with scoring two goals and kind of putting Bullin over the line. Every time she seemed to get on the ball, it was just real pressure for that Alamein defence. They really struggled to just keep her under control and, you know, stop her from feeding the ball into Leah Privatelli. But for Alamein, it was a really unlucky game because they were only 1-0 down at half-time and heading in at the start of that second half, they were they were, they were good. They were really dominant and they had a lot of possession. They had the momentum, but they struggled to consolidate. And a player that kind of embodied that was Bricelli, who found herself in some really dangerous um, territory, but every time just seemed to find herself offside. And had she probably stayed onside a little bit more, I think Alamein would have, had they scored early in that second half, would have been in for really exciting last 20 minutes. The defence of Alamein were relatively good throughout the entire game. They didn't give away too many clear-cut chances for Belen, but they had really three key errors and it led to those really easy goals for Bulleen. Looking at the Bulleen side, Privatelli, Lee Privatelli, excellent player and she showed yet again why she's a cut above the rest in this competition. She was really lively getting her midfielders and attack, her fellow attackers into the play but just quality upon quality upon quality from her and she finally got that goal that she deserved and once she scored that, it was relatively comfortable for them. Another standout player for Berlin was Taylor Vlanich, who just kind of was everywhere all at once. And she was really dominant in that first half and seemed to be the source of all the attacking momentum for Berlin. And I think that was what set them apart in that first half. They just had a player who was just willing to drive and drive and just kind of knew what to do all the time. For both, for both sides, they probably look at this game and think... Boleyn probably will think this was a really good game for us. It was a tough opponent. 3-0 victory, excellent. For Alamein, they probably look back and say, if we just had kept our composure in certain moments, we probably would have got a point out of this game or even taken the three points. But an interesting game nonetheless, and uh, I'm very excited to see how these teams progress in the rest of the competition. Well, that was Pakua Frimpong joining us to tell us a little bit about Alamein versus talk Bulleen. Talkback, that was Pakua's talkback. Uh, we'll get the uh, the talkback lines open yeah, on this show in, in future absolutely. weeks. So you'll be able to call in on double nine, double four, double nine, double nine. but we'll make sure we get that one sorted out. Lockie, we're, we're almost out of time here. Quickly on to MPL 2. Um, incredible weekend of action. The title race absolutely. and promotion race has been just flat out bonkers. We did the Bulleen versus Moreland Zebras game on Monday night. Bulleen 3, Moreland Zebras 2. Or not Moreland Zebras, sorry, anymore. Brunswick Juventus, please, um, please. What an incredible, incredible contest. Pauline, when it looked like it was going to be a 2-2 draw. Well, it just looked like it wasn't going to be a very good game. Yeah, then the, the then halftime whistle happened. Uh, Jay Kelly changed. scored five minutes into the second half. 
And then, um, um, Max Batchelor. Max Batchelor got them back ahead. Fraser Chalmers spilt yeah, the beans. It was a rainy day. So both keepers were having a, a big trouble dealing yeah. with, with balls, particularly like a mid-range. They yeah. kept spilling into the turf. And I think that really made the difference on the day. Like once Choi uh, for Bulleen came up with some excellent saves. Was well, you called it? Where, decent. <laughs> decent saves. Uh, where Fraser Chalmers just simply wasn't able to. Yeah. And then obviously Jay Kelly got the equaliser for 2 2. And right from kickoff, <clears throat> literally from kickoff, and this, this is not an exaggeration, Bulleen took the ball in the opposite direction. Uh, Samuel McCall was the man who made the run forward. And then Ben Everson, eventually the player to provide yeah, the finish. Me. It was absolutely ridiculous. And in many ways, it was it was just the NPL 2. Yeah. The NPL 2 was just like that. And now Bulleen uh, leapfrog um, Brunswick Juventus yeah. and Pasco Vale into third place. Obviously, only one point between Paco and Bulleen. And Paco, three points yeah. behind Moreland. And North Geelong are now in the frame as well after two back-to-back games where they've dropped points. They lost yeah. to Brunswick and a draw late on in stoppage time with uh, with Langey as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Moreland City winning back-to-back games at home after that 8-0 drubbing on the road And they left it Pauline. late against yes, North they, City. they did. And as well, Pasco Val defeating GV Suns as well on Saturday. So yes. it shapes up for a massive weekend there. Um, Lockie, we've got to say goodbye here, though, because we've actually got Paco Radio starting right on the other side of this. Big, big show planned there. Um, so really looking forward to chatting to the guys about what's been happening at the club. Yes, in the last, in the last absolutely. Week, so. You'll get a chance to...